0: A jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Welcome to the Master of None podcast, where I interview incredible entrepreneurs who have achieved success by embracing their multi-passionate selves and using their neurodivergence as a tool to grow their business. I'm your host, Cheryl Woodhouse, and I'm here today with Leonie Dawson, an absolute powerhouse entrepreneur who's going to share more about how they got started, the biggest decisions they believe led them to success, and what they want to share with other neurodiverse entrepreneurs coming up behind them now leonie doesn't know this but i've actually been following them since long before their diagnosis about as long as i've been working towards having my own programs I have always admired their creativity and I remember reading one of their offers about as they called it, riding the wild donkey, which I now realize is a metaphor for hyperfixation and it resonated with me so, so deeply. So when I decided to start this podcast and feature successful neurodivergent entrepreneurs, I knew without a doubt that Leonie, Leonie would have to be on it someday and here they are. So hi and welcome and
1: thank you for being here. Oh, babes, you were the cutest. And this is a thing, right? When I were riding the wild donkey, I was like, yeah, this is an amazing productivity technique. And then I got diagnosed like, you know, a decade later and I was like, that was ADHD.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I sent that to some of my neurotypical friends and they were like, why would you need to do that? Couldn't you just pick it up again tomorrow? And I was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I just work differently than that. And years later, yeah, same such. So...
1: That's horrifying to me. That's absolutely horrifying that people can do that. Like, what a world they they must live in. They don't have the hyper focus that we have.
0: That sucks for them,
1: but it's great for
0: us. And I'm going to make sure to link to that exact resource in the description as well so people can get it if they want to because it's a maze. Oh, Um, thanks, Tony. Yeah. So let's just start off like, tell everyone a bit about your business. What is it that you do? I know you do a few things, but what is the main thing that you do?
1: Uh, just talk shit on the internet really that's nice all oh, yeah that's all I really do uh, i uh, write books so i wrote the Goalgetter workbooks which are ways for you can set your goals for your life and your business each year and they've been just like a cult hit really so i think about 450,000 people have used them now which is just mind boggling Boggling, um, but most of all, I run courses. So I run courses on a whole bunch of different topics, whatever I'm hyper fixated on at the time, honestly. So I teach about e courses and money and books and um, getting organized and working less and earning more and selling more and just whatever I'm interested in. There's a course for it now. <laughs>
0: Yes, and I remember years and years ago cuz you've changed models over the years. Uh-huh. Years and years yeah. ago, you used to have the academy, is that what it was yes. called? Yes. Yeah. And it was basically like a membership where everyone got all of the things that you created, which looking back sounds like such a neurodivergent heaven as a model, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But what made you what made you change?
1: Well, you know, I ran like the academy for 9 years altogether. So, um I just got bored. <laughs> fair. Uh, Yeah. So I just like, I needed a new challenge. So I was like, I'll just go back to selling individual courses. Uh, I mean, the Academy was hugely successful, you know, and like millions, I think like eight, no less about like over 5 million from it anyway. Um, And um, ran it for nine years and I would just like keep on piling courses in there. So I think I ended up creating like 150 odd courses in there. Um, So And people could access all of them, which was super fun. Um, And then, yeah, a few years ago, I was like, I just want to try something new. So I'll just do individual courses and release them whenever I get that wild rush of inspiration. Whereas with the Academy, I kind of had to produce something new every month.
0: Mm, That makes sense. That consistency is always the hard part, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I can manage it. You know, I managed it for nine years. But I just thought it'd be fun to follow that creative like cycle again of getting an idea and just pouring out in the world and seeing what happens next
0: yeah and it seems like it's going really well yeah it's awesome yeah that's great um Let's talk a little bit, because I want to dig more into your resources and things, but I want to talk a little bit about your diagnosis journey as well, because I feel Mm -hmm. like it's one a lot of people can relate to. You were not diagnosed in school. You were already a mom running a business and, like, trying to figure out how you were doing all the things. So, like, are
1: you have a formal diagnosis, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, But really, I I knew from self-diagnosis, and it was because... It was about more well, maybe eight years ago a bunch of my closest friends got diagnosed with autism and i was like huh like why are all the people i think like the coolest people in the world getting diagnosed like this is is this a fad right like because i had no clue um And then I was like, okay, well, I need to understand them better. You know, I want to be a good friend. So I'll like, I'll go understand what it's about so I can understand it more. And I read a checklist, especially for women with autism, because it's very different, you know, to men. Um, And it was like reading like a little like Leone checklist. It was just like everything was there. And I remember just looking at it, just thinking, holy fuck, it's. Me, what the actual fuck have I not (laughs) known this? Um, And in some ways it was a jubilant discovery because it was like, oh, that's why those parts of my life have always been a very difficult struggle. And um, I think there was a little bit of sadness there too when I really felt into just how hard those parts had been for me you know uh so I was very happily self-diagnosed for many years and then I thought oh fuck it I'll just get the formal diagnosis and make sure that there's nothing else going on there um and of course you know I've got ADHD as well (laughs) um but you know like it's like 75 percent of people with autism have ADHD and I just read like there's this new kind of new research is coming out that says it may actually just be the same brain is just presenting differently to the outside world and that makes a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, there's so many kind of commonalities and and shared experiences between um, autism and ADHD. There's like, Mm -hmm. there's a Venn diagram right now going around on the internet. And it's like, oh, if you have this side, you're ADHD. If you have this side, you're autism. If you have this middle part, it's one or the other. And there's... They're just, they're the same circle (laughs) with a few differences, right? Yeah.
1: It's like one circle. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. So uh, with your diagnosis, I remember, Mm. I can't remember when, whether it was when you self diagnosed or when you got your formal diagnosis, but you had quite a big following, quite a big audience at the time. And Mm -hmm. you had almost a coming out where you explained to everyone and I know for some of the people listening, like they only have the people in their personal sphere that they are talking to or trying to explain this to How did it go for you to come out to all of these people as neurodivergent?
1: Oh, totally fine. Um, so I did it after I'd self-diagnosed and it wasn't straight away. It was, you know, like some time had passed and I'd really, you know, I was fully resolved within me. So I wasn't really looking for acceptance. I wasn't looking for anything. I was just like wanted to say it to the world. So I didn't give a fuck what anyone else thought. <laughs> um, so I don't think I really listened to the feedback. I just didn't think it was useful feedback really. Um, but what I do hear again and again is that people that was for a lot of people, that was a, oh my fucking God moment for them, because that was the moment they looked at a checklist because I included in it all the female checklists and, you know, the parts that I resonated with, all that kind of stuff. And they were like, oh my God, I've never read the female checklist. Holy fuck. Because of course women are very much underdiagnosed.
0: Yes, absolutely. We are. And I totally did not read those checklists because I was still firmly in the denial camp at that point (laughs) in my life. But I will say when my husband started going for his diagnosis, that's when I started going through the checklist and I had my aha and I tied it back to everything I'd learned from you and went, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. too. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's our little group. It's our, like it's just a little fun group of neuro, neurodiverse and it's beautiful. Yes, it's absolutely beautiful.
0: And I think it's helped you create a beautiful body of work. I don't think if you were a mm. neurotypical person, you could have created the body of work that you've created. Not- um so I want to hear more about like how that helps you succeed. How do you use the tools of your neurospicy brain to help you create all the things that you create? Because you're so prolific.
1: Mm, mm, I am. Um so first and foremost, like I regard being neurospicy as having a Ferrari brain right so our brains can travel like super fast speeds can do amazing things and neurotypical people are like basic bitch Camrys straight out of the factory right and like they can't help the way they're born bless them but um you know some people are Ferraris some people are Camrys now here's the thing with the Camry it's not going to require much maintenance you know it's gonna it's gonna do the commute she'll be fine Ferraris are going to need a team of mechanics to keep it working like shit is gonna like fuck up but when it's all functioning that bitch can fly and that bitch can go way faster than a Camry um, so I like having a Ferrari brain I like the speed I like that it can do different things and yeah it's kind of a pain in the ass as well that I need a team of mechanics to keep this motherfucker going (laughs) but it is the price one pays for genius (laughs) so I love that I know it's so funny um when I talk down about the neurotypicals right we can't help it we just need to accept them as they are (laughs) well
0: i mean that's the way they were born we just we have to deal with it and we have to go at their pace sometimes and help them Mm -hmm. understand and catch Mm -hmm. up with the connections we've already made and the Mm -hmm. progress we've already made and
1: yeah and you know difference is beautiful so the fact that they're neurotypical we can love and accept and celebrate our differences yes we can (laughs) So now in terms of like my business, um, I like that I can hyper fixate on things and that I can just like dive deep into learning something. I remember when we um, we did homeschooling for a few years. And so the first thing I did immediately was buy like 50 books on homeschooling and just read them all in quick succession. And one of my neurotypical friends was like, Leonie, I just love the way that you like get obsessed by something and you have to read everything about it. And then you start talking about it and you start teaching about it because you've just amassed so much information in a really short period of time. Um, and I thought, oh, is that unique? Hmm, okay. Um, so I love that part of my brain. I also love the fact that for me personally, how my neurospiciness works is that I actually don't have a critical voice in my head. Um, I've got a really just a kind one that's a cheerleader that's like, fuck yeah, girl, get it. Um, so I don't have any self-esteem issues or anything like that because I don't believe that I should be any different from what I am. And it just strikes me as a, a logic issue you know what I mean like if was I really born in order to like second guess my worthiness at every moment and not just enjoy what I was given that doesn't make sense it sounds like a waste of time and a waste of energy so I'm not going to do that so I just don't participate in that kind of stuff because I think it's a waste of time and energy um I like I like that part of my brain that is able to, like, look at, like, the patterns of society and go, actually, no, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. Like, I don't have any body image issues, really, because it's like, well, this is what I was given. This is a gift. Nice. Nice. Thanks, dude. Like, appreciate it. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And I'm
0: I'm hearing... Like in my own head and just imagining the people who are listening who really struggle with like rejection sensitive dysphoria and all those things. They're like, is there a switch I can flip to get that where I don't have that critical voice anymore? Because for some of us, instead of being non-existent, it's very overpowering, mm. right? Uh, but the creativity and just being able to to ride that wave, I think, is one of the things you've really mastered about your brain. And really getting the full mileage out of that Ferrari, I guess, as you would put it and leaning Mm. into those corners and,
1: and yeah, doing something amazing. Mm. I mean, I get the RSD stuff. Like I think my brain could go down that path and you know, it has in the past. However, most of the time I'm able to say to it, like, honestly, if they don't get you, that's fine because there's plenty more people who do and like, there's more people want to be my friend than I have, like, friendship openings and vacancies available. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fine.
0: Yeah, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Okay, one question that I always ask on these episodes, if you were to look back over your journey as an entrepreneur, is there any pivotal moment or a specific decision that you can look back on that you believe made you more successful?
1: Yes, big time. I remember when I was just starting out in my business and I thought to myself, I decided I wanted to make $30,000 in the next year from my business. And at that point, I'd been playing around with a hobby, you know, and working full time. And I thought I really need to work out a way to start making enough money that I could consider leaving my my government job. And um, I was like, yeah, okay. $30,000. And I wrote down and then I mapped out what I would need to sell in order to hit $30,000 a year. and realized like, I have no fucking idea how to make that amount of money with these prices, with these things. Like I can't sell that amount. And I think from that moment, right. There was like two options, like two paths that could have come from that I could have gone oh well I just don't know how to do that and like I could never make money as an artist as a creative person as somebody online or like I could have chosen the other option which I did and my brain said well just because you don't know how to do it yet doesn't mean that you won't learn and there's other people that have worked out how business and marketing works and have been able to create a lot of money so you just need to learn what they know. Like there's some keys here to success that they know to unlock these doors that you don't but you can learn this. You totally can learn this. And it was such a commitment to myself and to learning. And so that's what I did. I just got my hands on every like business and marketing book and blog and whatever under the sun and read it and started trialing with it. And it made a massive fucking difference. So, I made thirty thousand dollars the next the, in the next year, and then doubled to sixty, and then one hundred and fifty, and it just kept on growing. So now, you know, I've made over twelve million dollars online. We make, you know, about a million dollars plus a year. I have a really small time, small team. Um, I've got two part-time assistants, um, both with ADHD as well, um, and yeah, I just it was that commitment, that decision, like, well, I don't know how to, but I can work it out.
0: I love that because it it's almost like figuring out how to run a business became a hyper fixation. It became one of those yeah. wild donkeys and you just
1: took it and you figured it out and yeah. didn't let that stop you. Yeah. And it wasn't because I like, at that point, I was not at all interested in business and marketing, but, but it was, the vessel which allowed me to do the other hyperfixation you know of like creating and doing the thing I wanted to do so that's what drove me
0: yes and you didn't start out as a business coach like you weren't like Mm -mm. hey I I'm gonna learn business and then I'm gonna repeat everything to people on the internet you started out with your art which is so amazing and takes so much courage to put out there on the internet and it's so beautiful is it mostly watercolor do you do most stuff digital now like how are you doing your art
1: Oh, so I create a bunch of different mediums. So I do, um, I originally was selling watercolor and ink and um, acrylic and mixed media paintings and custom commissions. Um, And then I started doing, I was like my, the first e-courses I did were like creative and spiritual and that kind of stuff. And it was only much, much later. Like I was earning well over six figures a year um, that I started teaching business stuff and it was just because people were asking me so much about it that I was like, I don't really want to talk about it all the time. So I'll just create a course.
0: <laughs> yes. I know your, um, your illustrated notes have always been some of my favorite things. Like you were going to some conferences and doing some summits and things for a while. And oh yeah. yeah. Your illustrated notes. I loved that because it's such oh, a visual so fun, so much, yeah. so much better for us, right?
1: Big time, big time. It's how my, brain takes in information so now when it when it comes to like sketch noting and stuff um originally i was doing it all by texture and pen and then i'd take photos like in the conferences while i was doing it um but now i tend to do most of it on procreate on the ipad um and do most of my note taking that way yeah yeah they're very beautiful
0: and if anyone oh, listening tougher. is like i want to learn some business stuff but i want to do it in a way that works for my brain and i'd like it to be visually appealing then definitely go check out some of leonie's notes you actually or leonie's notes my apologies you actually just put out like a whole library of all of your resources did you not is that still available for everyone yeah yeah
1: if you just go to leonie forward slash free sign up for any of those and you get free access to my inspiration library which is just all the shit i've made over the years because there's just like dozens and dozens and dozens of stuff now
0: yes one thing i want to talk about specifically about this prolific ability you have to create dozens upon dozens upon dozens of things it's like you took your you know constant need for change and instead mm. of constantly changing your niche like some people do you picked a niche and you stuck with it but you constantly create new things for that yeah, market yeah was that a conscious decision nope
1: so i <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually consider myself having a niche. My niche is people who think this personality is fucking tops. That's my only niche. Okay. Um, And some of those people are in business. Some of them aren't. Um, Mostly they just think this is a bit fun. Um, And I'll teach whatever the fuck I want on that. So, like, I've never believed in niching down. I just thought, no, I'm a Leone. That's a big enough niche. (laughs) That's so
0: perfect. I talk about that concept of like a niche of one, like your unique combination of skills and experiences, especially because you're neurodiverse, especially because you make connections other people don't make and especially because you are a master of like 17 different things that you've like hyperfixated on for a month at a time. Mm. There's a market out there for you and what you have to say even if it's 17 different things.
1: Yeah, and also, like, people will buy my shit. Like, pe- like, I have people that have been in my, you know, buying shit from me for two decades now. Um, you know, I've been online for a really long time. I have really high customer retention. And people don't just buy one course from me. They just buy fucking all of them. Um, and if they're, they're, like, you know, if there's a new topic that I've brought out, they're, like, Let's just see what Leonie has to say on this topic. Like, that will be funny. Like, that'll be right. There'll be something new in that. Uh, So it's, um, yeah, they appreciate my unique perspective on things. Yes,
0: yes. I think I can attest to that. And I think you have people who have been purchasing your amazing year in life and business planners for, like, over a decade.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, the whole time you've been making
1: them, they've been buying them. Yeah, yeah. 2010, We I, I brought out my first one um, and people like, as soon as they use one, they just get obsessed. And so they do it every single year and then they buy it for all their friends as well.
0: Yeah. And I have bought them and they're amazing. Unfortunately, oh. I can't consistently use any planner. So I did not buy another one, but <laughs> <You>
1: did, <laughs> I have the one. Like, you did the one and that's yeah. like a real ADHD yeah. effort, you know?
0: It is. And I still, I go back to it. Like all of the other planners I've ever purchased, I go back to it and I pull nuggets out of it. And then I just use Google Calendar and a big mess of to-dos. Like I usually go well, back on.
1: Right. Google Calendar. Yeah. Like what did we do with before then? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. My life is planned out in there. Yes.
0: Yes. Mine as well. Um, okay. Okay. So you have all this content, you have a bunch of things that you've created that are free, you have a bunch of things you've created that are paid. Um, Is there anything specific that has helped you promote these things? I know you're off social media. You've like, you've sworn off the socials. Mm. So how do you promote most of your stuff?
1: So um, I've always concentrated on building up a mailing list of people and send out newsletters, you know, weekly for decades now fucking decades um so you know i do have 45000 people on my mailing list i think at the moment um and people are always really excited to open my emails because i'm always sending out free shit like every single week i've created something free to send out to them um so that like that is my main way of marketing i also have affiliates so people who've taken my courses and love them i want to share about them they share it along with like their friends their clients or whatever and they get paid for that um it's pretty it's pretty cool really (laughs) it's pretty fun awesome do you mind sharing
0: some tips on how you grow that mailing list without using social i know social is a huge turn off for a lot of neurodiverse people because it's so Mm. busy and it's such a time suck rabbit hole Mm. thing it is
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, for me, um, and I've been telling people this for fucking decades now, is that like cool social media, but you need to get them onto your mailing list because they are 40 times more like to more likely to buy from you. So they're on your mailing list compared to being a social media follower. So like that's not 14, that's four zero times, you know. So if you want a 40x your income, get those motherfuckers onto your mailing list. <laughs> and You can do that in lots of different ways. I've always given away free shit in exchange for um, mailing, you know, mailing lists. And then also like when I do launches and people buy my courses and stuff like that, they get out to my mailing list. Um, Affiliates, when they're sending through people, they get added to my mailing list. Um, If you send out as much good content as you can and have some great lead magnets, um, content really is king. So all of my stuff is traffic, like organic traffic. So I don't pay for ads or anything like that. And I very rarely have paid for ads. It's more about building a relationship with somebody and giving them lots and lots of goodies and building up that no like and trust factor. So when I do have an offer, they're like, fuck yeah, I will. That's awesome. It's almost like
0: the basic principles of business didn't magically change overnight when Mark Zuckerberg decided to
1: invent a thing in his dorm room. Who would have (laughs) thought? I mean businesses have been growing for thousands of years long before social media and thousands and like there's a thousand and thousands of ways that you can market your business social media marketing is just one of them and all of them are completely optional you get to choose for you what is right for you for your business for your lifestyle and how like how you want to do this because you you could be spending so much time on social media right now and you could be using that same time and using other marketing methods, which would like warrant so many more sales because there are much more effective marketing methods than social media. Like, so for example, I um, was talking to a friend of mine who's a hairdresser. She just opened up a new practice, a new like hairdressing clinic. I said, how's things going? She said, very slow. Um, And I said, what are you going to do to grow your business? And she's like, I think I might do some more social media posts. And I was like, no, that's not where your potential clients are. Um, And she was like working in an industrial estate that is just, you know, full of people that are working. And I said why don't you just do up a flyer and deliver it around to everyone in your industrial estate saying, hi, business neighbor, I've just opened up. So if you want to get a quick haircut or trim um, during your work breaks or your lunch hours, just across the road. And because you're my business neighbor, I'll give you 20 bucks off for your first haircut, you know? Um, And she was like, oh, okay, I will. And she did it. She did the fucking thing. I saw her two weeks later. I said, how's things? And she said, fully booked. Fully
0: booked. Uh, I love I love that example because people always discount the local stuff, right? Everybody's like, oh, I gotta be online. I got I gotta do the thing. Even though I have five followers, if I do more social media posts, I'll get clients. And -hmm. it's like you you could literally be the only person bothering to put up flyers anymore and scoop up all of the business because everyone's posting to their five followers instead of picking up a phone or putting Mm -hmm. up a flyer or walking around Mm -hmm. your own town.
1: Yeah, I've got like so much shit on my fridge from people who've dropped done a flyer drop in my mailbox. I'm like, oh, that's the person I was looking for. Cool, they're doing it in this area. Great, I'll just call them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It makes so much sense because you can build real relationships face-to-face with people that way too. And that's still how business is built. Even now, Mm -hmm. like you and I are looking at each other face-to-face even though we're not in the same community. It's still the way it works. There are Mm -hmm. no shortcuts.
1: (laughs) yeah yep and it could be enormously profitable yes
0: yes it can okay i feel like i have picked your brain on all the things we've talked about life we've talked about diagnosis we've talked about ferraris and we've talked about brains and we've talked about business and marketing and how to do the things if there were one thing that you could share with other people who are just at the beginning of their journey and they are neurodiverse like us what would you say
1: Just that you're holy and you're worthy and you are lovable just as you are. Like you don't actually need to change one single cell about you. And you get to just like just like celebrate and dance in the gifts that you've been given. Like this is an enormous blessing. Like the fact that we can like look at a tree and the light just glimmers off the leaves and we can be like, wow. Like people pay for that kind of high. You know what I mean? we've got it automatically yes. people like a lot of stuff to try and feel like this <laughs> that's exactly
0: the it. drug that was in my brain i was like yeah that's that's probably where that comes from
1: yeah yeah we've got mm-hmm. we've got it good we've got it good like a lot of people pay a lot of money to try and have this kind of amazing brain so you got yes. this yes, and like also you so many successful people as neurospicy, so many entrepreneurs, like it is the success dream. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm really starting to think so. The more of these interviews that I do on this podcast, and hopefully for everyone listening, the more of these you listen to, like I started this so that people at the beginning of their journey could have a couple of examples they could latch onto of people who think like them and have done something that was maybe a little bit successful. And now I've had multi-millionaire entrepreneurs come on here and be like, oh, pshaw! my brain was the secret to my success. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening, that's, that's it right there. Your brain was the secret to your success. And it can be for you too, if you're listening.
1: Just do it. Yeah. Do the thing. <laughs> Do the thing. Do the thing. You've got this. And I think i read a statistic that um, 30% of entrepreneurs are diagnosed with ADHD. And I thought, yeah, that's just the people who are diagnosed. That is (laughs) is an outsized amount of people.
0: Well, you have to because you you have to do so many different things in those early stages that to get through those early stages, you really have to be able to learn things quickly, to make connections mm. that other people can't make, to do the mm-hmm. things that our brain can do. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a chef's yes. kiss. Exactly. Okay. I know you've said it once already. Where can people go when they want to get all your things? Oh, just Google porn. You will find me. <laughs> No, don't do that. Your search history, you will regret
1: all the things. <laughs> can you imagine? Um, uh, no, just Cheryl share, share all the links and shit with you. You can find me there. Awesome. I'm talking shit online 24-7. But only in my own website, not on the social medias yes we
0: will have all the links to the social medias i will drop all of my favorite Leoni resources specifically in a list and then you can also explore and find your own because like i said you are so prolific you've created probably a thousand plus things by now and they're all awesome yeah. somehow yeah
1: thanks yeah yeah <laughs> I, I have i think there's like two thousand articles on my website so yeah it'll yeah. be well over <laughs> yeah yeah it's amazing it's amazing Oh, okay
0: thanks, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today i have really enjoyed it um for all of you listening i will have a bit of a QA about this episode in my facebook group but it'll be sans leone because not on social so i'm going to answer the questions as best i can and direct you over to their free resources um as always you can find us in the facebook group facebook.com groups slash solo school Um, And check the description for all the other relevant links so you can stay posted on episodes. I try to upload every Thursday. Hey, oh, this has been Master (laughs) of None.